The best coaches on the planet make the complex simple. They bridge the knowledge gap. They are our guide. Simplicity is a coach's obsession, which breeds understanding. The best coaches spend hours every day communicating with other coaches. Their circle of influence is important. They are voracious readers. They are quick to implement and even faster to pivot. They're also the first to share everything with unbelievable energy. Brandon and I are fortunate enough to sit down with Stan Efforting. Stan's energy is infectious. He has over 35 years of experience and he's gonna travel to 60 cities in 60 days in an RV just to share his message. He is the founder of The Vertical Diet and the co-founder of The Vertical Diet Meal Prep. He is an IFBB professional bodybuilder and a world record holder in powerlifting. He has too many high profile clients to name and is extremely active on Instagram. Stan has his bachelor's in psychology and studied exercise science at the University of Oregon. So what are you doing to make your life simpler? What about your clients? Remember, I didn't say easy. Simple and easy are two separate things. Making a process simple for people so that they know what to expect, connect, and thrive is the bottom line. And now the infectious energy of Stan Efforting. You know, thanks for thanks for joining us today, Stan. We really sure. appreciate it, man. I'm stoked for having you on the show. So I'm Keith. This is Brandon. Yep. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no, it's uh I've been following you now for for a couple years. Um, and it's it's been really cool, like all the the things that you've put together and the message that you've created. Very powerful. Uh, it's very powerful. Um, and I think what it's really done too, I feel, um, is it's kind of thrown some things on its ears, right? Like, um, from the traditional thought process of what, um, uh, your diet maybe should be or should look like. Um, and especially if you're, um, looking to optimize, you know, your body and your health, um, for the long term. Yeah. I mean, could you kind of expand on that a little bit? Like, how did you come up with the vertical diet? Number one, um, and what, what drove you to start tinkering with that um, and kind of get away from like that traditional diet that you would normally see, you know, whether you're an athlete or whether you're, you know, looking to optimize health. Um, Cause it definitely throws some things on its ear a little bit, I think. Yeah. You know, I started competing back in 1986. And so I've had 35 years of experience to make all these mistakes myself. I don't claim to be any, uh, brainiac as far as that's concerned. And I've seen both personally and with the clients that I've trained, uh, which I've been a personal trainer and working in gyms since 1988 in college, I studied exercise science. And I just started to see these problems pop up. A lot of the uh, metabolic adaptation and the nutrient deficiencies and the subsequent, you know, problems in women with anemia and amenorrhea and uh, uh, you know, the rebounds after shows. And I just, I thought that was just ridiculous what was going on at the time. I, you know, I, I don't think I really could put my finger on it. I didn't have enough information or education, but as the years progressed and I read more and more, I started to notice that, uh, you know, people were eating incredibly nutrient deficient diets, egg whites, tilapia, and broccoli. 
and they were ending up with these manifesting with all of these symptoms of of uh, nutrient deficiencies and it might have gotten them to the show uh, but they were unhealthy and in many cases um, you know they rebounded from that pretty poorly I myself dieted that way many times over restrictive and found that I lost a ton of muscle and a ton of strength and it just didn't seem sensible uh, the same thing was true on the flip side as far as gaining weight because I didn't just bodybuild I power lifted and I was over 300 pounds many many times throughout my career trying to get bigger and stronger and I suffered all the problems that I've seen uh, in the last 10 years that I've been working with some of these great uh, strength athletes, powerlifters, strongmen, and you know, football linemen, et cetera. The metabolic syndrome, the increased blood pressure, the insulin resistance, uh, the fatty liver disease, uh, all of those things occur as a result of uh, you know, just overeating and eating the wrong kinds of foods and uh, you know, just not taking care of your, your general health. So uh, you know, to be honest, <clears throat> This isn't new stuff. Vince Garanda was talking about the importance of red meat and whole eggs uh, and even sea kelp for iodine back in the 60s. Yeah. It's just that somewhere along the way, we started to stray from micronutrients. We started focusing just on calories and macronutrients. And uh, I think that we also uh, were doing too much uh, steady state type cardio training uh, and burning off too much muscle or on the flip side of that, the big guys were doing no cardio mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, ended up, polar. yeah, you know, and I, it used to be my theory for powerlifting and for weight gain, you know, don't run if you can walk, don't stand if you can sit and don't uh, stay awake <laughs> if you can sleep uh, and just, you know, just shovel down as many calories as you can, pizza, pastas and pancakes, whatever it took, big cheese pizzas and, you know, giant ice cream shakes full of uh, weight gain powder with dextrose and maltose and sucrose in them. You know, the gainers feel 1000 that became oh, yeah. the gainers oh, feel 2500 when you took two and a half scoops. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, long story short, I, I just, I've lived this for so long and, and seen uh, so much personally and amongst my athletes that I just thought, you know, I would start to send a different message. And the message was that we would focus on getting these highly bioavailable, micronutrient-dense, easy-to-digest foods. That was one huge component of this by using a low FODMAP menu and addressing a lot of the digestion issues that are very common in the physique figure bikini fitness industry that I also see very common in the CrossFitters, which also affects the weight gain guys who are just trying to stuff as many calories in. They end up with diarrhea and you know gas and bloating, and it's just a constant discomfort. So I thought there should be a better way. I use obviously slightly different strategy for weight loss than weight gain, um, but it, it's all centered around you know getting a, a you know a good diet program first, and then stop exercising and start training. Uh, a lot of people will waste a lot of time and effort just running around like a chicken with their head cut off. And I and I, I tried not to use exercise to burn calories. The research suggests that it's not terribly effective. Uh, we focus, you know, you can only do one of two things. You can either lose weight, body fat, hopefully, or gain muscle. And weight loss is 99% diet. And gaining muscle is 99%, you know, scientific principles of hypertrophy or, you know, power training, depending on your sport. And so I, I tried not to blend the two uh, with too much crossover because I don't think you get, you know, optimize either one. It, uh, it can actually backfire on you. So hmm. kind of spitballing there with a lot of stuff, but it's just awesome. been a long life lesson for me having experienced it myself and working now with uh, 
know, we've had over 100,000 individual uh, users access our vertical diet all over the world. And I've said oftentimes over the last two years, I've answered personally uh, over 50,000 DMs, emails, and texts from uh, some clients, some not, some vertical diet readers, some not, just people who hit me up. So I have an opportunity to see uh, in a practical sense what kinds of questions people have, what kind of interventions I recommend, and what kind of results they get. So I feel like I've just been at the receiving end of this giant experiment, and I bumped that up against, uh, of course, all the literature. I've had a long history with college and uh, competing and coaching and uh, reading the, the scientific literature. Uh, I've recruited a registered dietitian, PhD in exercise phys to help me navigate all of this. And so the diet is, uh, is very well researched and supported by over 200 peer-reviewed published articles, videos, and uh, uh, you know, just uh, written pieces by other professionals in the industry, which uh, I'm very quick to credit. My book is full of at least 20 or 30 different highly regarded professionals in the industry, from Barbell Medicine to Alan Aragon to Mass Research Review with Greg Knuckles to uh, uh, you know, a host of other people, Brad Schoenfeld, um, Lane Norton, uh, just a whole group of people that, that I think we all know and respect in this industry for providing great information that are science-based. And I, I'm quick to, to point to them as uh, the, you know, kind of the source of confirmation for that, that information. I'm not pretending like I invented any of this. I'm just trying to get the message out, as you, you know, recommend, as you mentioned there in the opener. Well, I think what's really uh, awesome about this whole process mm -hmm. is, you know, you get recognition for the high quality and very famous athletes that you work with and you transform. But it's not just an athlete diet. It's not just a bodybuilder diet. It's it's a it's an actual diet that the average individual could greatly well, benefit from. Sounds, and I think that's, that's what's like awesome about it. It, it. it sounds like, it sounds like a, it sounds like a worldwide mission rather than yeah. like the, the, the demographics that you just explained, you know, like what Brandon said, it's like the ultimate mission sounds like that you want to upgrade the world's idea of what nutrition even looks like and, and what people are settling on for their daily lives for like, the, their their average state of being could greatly be enhanced just by the better choices of, of, of their food. You know, you hit the nail on the head and it's very important that you say that because the vast majority of people I interact with are dad bods and soccer moms that are just looking to improve their general health. They're optimize their sleep, improve their, uh, you know, their energy levels and uh, decrease hunger. Uh, just have a better, I think, uh, just a better life. Uh, one of the important reasons, one of the, the reasons why I think that happened is because people in the general public looked to bodybuilder figure physique bikini competitors and saw these physiques they were bringing to stage and then tried to mimic their diets. And it's tragic what happens as a result. What the vast majority of people don't understand when they start eating the tilapia and the egg whites and the broccoli uh, is that most of these competitors, as we know, are using medications to subvert some of the, the problems associated with those diets. They'll use uh, Anivar to prevent muscle loss. They'll use thyroid to prevent, uh, you know, hypothyroidism. Uh, uh, they'll take fat burners, whatever it may be, clenbuterol or caffeine. 
the general public doesn't see that. So they go on the diet and then they end up with, you know, anemia and, and hypothyroidism uh, and, uh, you know, atrophy and muscle loss, sarcopenia, uh, and can't figure out why they're suffering from those problems. <laughs> and the diet itself is the source of all those problems and they don't have the arsenal of medications to, to combat those deficiencies. So that's a shame. And so I, I try and get that message out right away and just be very, you know, obvious and, and frank about that discussion that you, you cannot go on a restricted diet like that uh, without all the drugs they're using. And the, the downfall to that is, is that they have those extraordinary rebounds, all the problem with edema and, uh, you know, depression and the weight rebound and the, the fat yeah. gain. Uh, they also end up losing their hair from biotin deficiencies and they end up with, again, with anemia and uh, they end up in the doctor's office getting a shot, you know, one of those cocktails of, of uh, D3 and magnesium and iron and, uh, you know, a whole host of other glutathione because they're Sounds deficient. Healthy. In, right. <laughs> they're, just, they're just not eating a, a healthy diet to begin with. The flip side is also true, however, that athletes have been looking at the longevity industry or the health industry, as we might call it, and trying to eat more, quote unquote, healthy. And that probably doesn't support their athletic endeavor. And that's why you got to look to groups like the International Society of Sports Nutrition to be more, uh, I think, specific as to what their needs are. And those athletes may need significantly more protein. They may need substantially more carbohydrates if they're any, any anaerobic type. Uh, that's such a bad word. These it days, is. Right. It's yeah. Crazy. Bad, bad carbohydrate. Bad. Yes. And I have a, look, I have lots of clients and, and there's many paths to the same destination. And many of my clients are keto. They're, I have vegan clients that I've prepared for bodybuilding competitions and vegetarians, those who intermittent fast and those who don't. Uh, but my job, really, when I have an athlete come to me, is to, is to give them a program that I think is optimal. And what's optimal for performance is not necessarily what's optimal for weight loss for an obese individual with uh, insulin resistance or some other you know, sort of metabolic disease. So I have to, to sometimes I have to present to them that performance is different than health. I did that video, that rant on, uh, uh, if you want to be healthy, don't compete. And I spoke about the difference between health and fitness. Fitness being the ability to perform a particular duty or task. Well, the fitness level required to be an offensive lineman or a world's strongest man or a UFC fighter or even a 14-year-old gymnast at the Olympics, that level of fitness may not necessarily be healthy. And what we have to do behind the scenes is give them what they need to try and mitigate as much of the damage that they're inevitably going to incur uh, yeah. pursuing oh, yeah. that, that endeavor. Well, if it was healthy, right, you would never have to retire. Well, it's like training, like an, it's like <laughs> training like an athlete. It's like the risk eating like an athlete, training like an athlete comes with the risks along with the sport and the damage at a joint level, joint by joint level that you may or may not impart. You know, and that's and that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand. And but they're still sold. Okay, these people perform at this high of a level. You should be doing what they're doing. When only what a fraction of one percent of the entire world can actually sustain that until they're even in their thirties. Exactly. And my job is to try and get them as healthy as possible because improved performance is kind of a side effect of that. And longevity, as you mentioned, and, and uh, you know, a lot of that has to 
to do with periodizing not just their training protocols but also their body weight so I can uh, you know reverse some of the inevitable uh, metabolic syndrome that's going to occur with uh, significant weight gain just like with a dieter how you have to manage metabolic adaptation and some of the uh, metabolism slowing from uh, weight loss that that's part of the process is using strategies to try and uh, prevent people from uh, you know, getting from having their metabolism slow down too much or strategies that you can use to uh, to improve that process for them in terms of energy and uh, and hunger so it, it, it's I know it's not terribly specific and the audience is probably like, well, now what am I supposed to do? <laughs> uh, and the vertical diet ebook, and I, I'm not on here to, to peddle that. I've got a two and a half hour video on YouTube. I've got over a hundred hours of free information out there that uh, goes over the vertical diet. And, and it's got over, I think almost 6 million views. Now the seminar yeah. I did in Iceland uh, was very complete and uh, thorough. And so, uh, but to be honest, when I put that video out, more people uh, picked up the ebook because it's it's so easy to follow. Uh, it's, it's just it's got a quick start guide and and diet plans and sh grocery shopping lists and all of the the research, of course, and it just goes through step by step exactly what I give my athletes. Matter yeah. of fact, before I ever put the vertical diet ebook out, I had been using that same document. Uh, I made some some revisions just for uh, reader usability for nearly ten years with my athletes. And it was just kind of a compilation of everything I wanted them to know and do whenever they contacted me for help. I'm like, here's the basics. Here's the big rocks. Here's the fundamentals I want you to do every day. And that's why I cover things like sleep and, um, you know, and the CPAP and, and uh, uh, good sleep hygiene and hydration and digestion. Obviously, nutrition, macros and calories becomes a part of that. The micronutrients, it's important. I even go, you know, a lot of books that are out there are books about dieting. This is a very specific plan. I list exactly what I want you to eat in, in the exact portions based on, you know, I have, a, I have diet plans from 1,250 calories all the way up to 5,000 every 250 calories along the way. But it's, I'm very specific about, and I list exactly the foods to eat and I list exactly the foods not to eat. So yeah. Without demonizing them, I just suggest that we start somewhere where I have the most confidence you'll get the best results and then we can grow on that over time. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to just uh, shout this out to our listeners is that like we, um, the reason that we're having this conversation, number one is because we follow, um, we follow and we've read your, your work and watched your videos. So literally everything that we're doing right now, we have no affiliation with, but we do this because it works for us so whatever offers that you have for here, we're completely okay with. So like literally check out the book, check out the videos. Um, it, they've, they've helped us a ton and we literally receive only our body benefits from it. So it's yeah. like, that, that's why we're doing this. Um, yeah. And it, I mean, you know, it, for us, it's been great because I look at what you've put together is it's not a diet. Right. Like that word to right. me, like is something that uh, it, it conjures, like it conjures up this idea. There's an end point, right? When somebody says I'm on a diet or I do this diet or I do that diet, usually in my mind, I'm like, okay, there's an end point to that because there's so with every diet, there's so many limiting factors, right? With what you've put together and the way you've kind of laid it out, 
it's not really a diet. It's a lifestyle. Like you're 100%. choosing to be able to do this. And it's a long-term thing because you have options, right? You have a lot of options on what you need to do. There's basic principles, right? There's a framework that you should probably stay within to optimize how you feel. But if you follow it, you actually feel better. Like it's not a quote unquote diet where I feel like crap. I might be, I might look better. Like all the things that we talk about, like you, there's a big difference between looking good and feeling good. And yeah, I, I think, live. yeah, like what I think sets what you've done apart is the fact that you can look better and feel better if you just stay within the principles of what you've laid out, which is awesome. You know, it's like when people peddle stuff to us all the time, it's, Hey man, this works great with athletes. Hey man, this works awesome with this, this group of athletes. And it's like, tell me if it works on my 85 year old grandmother and I'll probably buy into it because if it works for her, it'll work for my professional athlete. Well, there's outliers all over the place, right? But if it's going to work for a core of like 90% of the individuals or 95% of the individuals, the other people need a specialist or a coach anyways, and should be hiring out for, for that or researching and having more knowledge to take more responsibility and action for themselves. Yeah. And we cover a lot of things, I think, that, that apply to everybody. Obviously, we talked about the importance of sleep optimization, using a CPAP in those instances, blood tests for whether you've got high RBCs or uh, some sort of hypothyroidism, hypogonadism. I have a high blood pressure quick fix kit and a high blood sugar quick fix kit where I detail step by step a hierarchy of the most important things that, that uh, you can utilize to improve those things. People don't realize this. that They're all afraid of salt. Uh, but sodium, even in, hyper, even in the small percentage of hypertensive individuals who, who uh, respond adversely to sodium intake, with, they might only move their systolic blood pressure by two to seven millimeters. Sleep apnea, 20 millimeters. Hypothyroidism, 20 millimeters. So I set up a hierarchy, let you know, don't be focused on the little things. You know, I talk about it kind of as the 99% rule. Uh, focus on the big rocks. And if you have got a problem with uh, thick blood or high blood pressure uh, and have sleep apnea, that's the problem, not your sodium intake. Mm -hmm. And restricting mm -hmm. sodium is not only not going to fix it, but it's going to cause other problems along the way, especially for women and elderly women, the lightheadedness that's associated with that and the lack of energy. You know, they stand up from a seated position and they're dizzy um, because their doctor told them to stop <laughs> eating salt uh, to manage a problem that would better be managed by uh, good thyroid maintenance, which is a much more common problem uh, with women in particular. They just don't have any iodine in their diet, and so they get thyroid problems. And digestion's another one, GERD, people taking uh, anti-acid medication to manage reflux when actually they have low acid. Now they're not breaking down proteins, they're not digesting or absorbing minerals, calcium and magnesium, and they end up with all these autoimmune dysfunctions and depression and end up taking antidepressants just because uh, they're using a, a proton pump inhibitor and can't digest their food. So it's a daisy chain of problems that we, I try and get in front of and say, what's the source of this problem? That's not to say that medical intervention isn't sometimes necessary, but you can't, I think, relinquish uh, or offload the responsibility for your long-term health onto someone else who's gonna spend seven minutes with you uh, and expect that a pill is going to solve the problem. It only manages uh, the symptoms. And so I try and suggest actions that you can take 
Uh, things that are done to you or for you are never as effective as things you do for yourself. Actions that you can take, you know, regular lifestyle behaviors that make everything better, that might decrease your need for any uh, medications uh, or ability to use less. And so you have fewer side effects as a result. So hate to ramble on about it, but I, it's just, it's no, become we, so we kind of emotional it. to me because almost every day I get, uh, I just, just last night, late last night, I get a, an email uh, or a DM from a guy in the UK who had uh, high RBC and hematocrit. Now he's using testosterone uh, in a reasonable amount. I think he was 200 milligrams a week or 150, wasn't significant. Was doctor had him uh, dumping blood, had him donating phlebotomy uh, like on a monthly basis by a prescription to try and get those numbers down. I have a whole video on this, when to donate blood on YouTube. I already addressed it, the difference between polycythemia and erythrocytosis. Well, this guy was donating so much blood trying to manage those red blood cells, he ended up with low platelets and low ferritin, and he had an extraordinary amount of fatigue, and he was tired all the time. Uh, and as it turns out, he had apnea. And I asked him, you know, he's a 220-pound guy, has a thick neck, I could tell from photos on his Instagram. It was the first thing that came to mind, is that sleep apnea will increase your red blood cell count, and dumping blood is not the solution for that. Uh, because it can it can cause a whole host of other problems when you start getting rid of too much blood with low iron and uh, low platelets. Now uh, you're you're you just feel tired and exhausted all the time. So you know he turned right around this morning. I got another DM from him. Uh, said he reached out to his doctor and his doctor was was actually kind of embarrassed. He hadn't thought of that and was going to get him a CPAP <laughs> right away. And uh, you know, not a lot of doctors deal with. People on testosterone therapy or bodybuilders, they're kind of a different animal, power lifters, athletes in general. Uh, they're kind of a different animal. They use up a lot more nutrients, uh, you know, magnesium, iodine, vitamin D. They tend to be deficient in those more so than even the sedentary population. Uh, and so those people, you know, his doctor said to him what most doctors say, stop eating red meat. <laughs> and I'm just Never. flabbergasted that that is the, you know, the, the candid that's a fail uh, just safe. a knee-jerk answer to everything is stop yeah. eating red meat. Well, stop eating the bun, the mayonnaise, the fries, and the Coke. But don't stop eating the red meat because it's three times higher in iron, six times higher in zinc, and 12 times higher in B12 than that turkey or chicken patty that you're eating. Uh, so it's just, uh, it just doesn't make any sense. I, I go to great length in the ebook to to support all this with the, the, the studies and trials and uh, so people can have the confidence that, uh, that what they're doing is not only effective, but healthy as well. Yeah. I loved your, uh, your, your quote when you were, when somebody asked you um, about the superfoods, right? Like, and most people like go right to avocados and things like that. You're like steak, red meat. That's, <laughs> that's the biggest superfood you could ever put in your body. And I'm like, it's the yes. only one that you can not only sustain, not only survive on, but thrive on, uh, exclusively you know if you tried to eat just kale or just acai berry if that's how you pronounce it uh, or you or just some nobody knows you know celery shake you'd die in a week right. <laughs> but if you ate just red meat and these studies have been done going back decades uh, you can you can thrive pretty well on that of course I it's not what I'm recommending here I'm just saying that start with the powerhouses start with the things that give you the most and have the least impact. They're a, a low residue food. They're digested almost entirely in the small intestine. Uh, so they don't cause digestive distress like a lot of the uh, 
Uh, the FODMAPs would, the fermentable oligo dye, monosaccharides, and polyols. I talk a lot about um, you know, it being individualistic and dose-dependent and cumulative, how much and how those foods are prepared, and what kind of effect they can have on your digestion and inhibition of absorption of nutrients, and uh, maybe how it affects IBS, IBD, um, even constipation. Uh, all of those things I try and address in the book at length because uh, I, I just think they're critical for at least prioritizing, uh, again, the big rocks. Where should you start? And then what should you add later as needed or for your personal preference? Because compliance is the science. And I want people to eat a diet that they'll be able to use sustainably, like you said, you know, for months and years. Now, yeah. now I'm going to shift gears just a little bit because okay. I think like overall, your, your message and how you've put things together is very, very clear. Um, I would love to know the type of team that you have in place so you can go and do the research that you need to do and be like within your wheelhouse consistently while you are, are capable of answering all these emails and, and putting out the stuff on, um, on Instagram that you put out and the, in the YouTube videos, like how do you get all this stuff done man? Cause it's like <laughs> so much cool shit that you put together. And, and like, it's just Brandon and I that, that work in, in our gym and put this podcast together. And it seems like we're scrambling with just two of us. <laughs> It is a lot. It, it's I've, I've noticed that I spend probably at least four hours a day corresponding with people, uh, and that, and I spend at least another three hours a day uh, watching uh, and reading. Uh, I mentioned earlier the Mass Research Review and Alan Argon's review, and uh, you know, a member to so many of these different important, uh, I think, valuable resources. Um, uh, Examine.com, you know, Kamal Patel's stuff. Uh, there's just so many great. Uh, I think more so now than ever before, we've got so many great, both uh, intellectual, academically accredited, and uh, you know, competitive uh, lifters uh, and athletes who also publish a lot of great work. And so, yeah, I do read a lot of the stuff. Historically, you know, I've done most of it myself. Um, you know, I ran numerous businesses over the years, and I had lots of employees helping me with that. But my passion in life has always been in training, both competing for myself and coaching others. Uh, which I started doing back in college, as I mentioned, and more recently with the uh, you know with the growth of social media, uh, I found that it, I had the opportunity to focus all of my attention and to to make a living in within the industry that I love. And so I stepped away from doing real estate and my telecommunications company and all those things that, that supported me for so many years. And I've just been in the last five to seven years, probably since this uh, social media has exploded. I've been able to reach a wider audience. I've traveled around. I've been in 10 countries and 40 states in the last 18 months doing. This might be a good moment to plug my, my next adventure. I'm doing a 60 cities and 60 day tour. Uh, I leave June 13th. I'm driving over to Phoenix, Arizona and then Albuquerque, Kansas City. I mean, you just, I'm going to go down to Houston and Dallas and New Orleans and we'll to see uh, at, the, at the Princeton club. When you come to Milwaukee, man, we'll, we'll definitely yes, join I'm, up I'm, there. I'm going to be at every state in the country. I'm going to visit 60 cities along the way, more than one city in some states, major cities. And I'm going to give a one hour presentation on the vertical diet to try and uh, give, you know, some real uh, practical nuts and bolts, exactly what I do case studies of my athletes, what they needed, what I've discovered they needed and what I told them to do. 
I'm going to cover all of the greats, the Hofthor Bjornsons and the Brian Shaws and the Camille LeBlancs and Becca Voigt's and Ben Smith's and, uh, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles lineman Lane Johnson and, and a whole host of other athletes that I've, I've worked with over the last few years. And there's been many. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, you know, blessed to have had the opportunity because it's a learning opportunity at the same time. It's always a, a collaboration. And I get just as much out of it to help others as they get uh, from, uh, from my, my helping them. Uh, so what I, what I do now about up until about two years ago, I was doing most of this myself, but then with Hofthor and that Iceland seminar and all of the, the, uh, I think that the eyeballs that, that saw this internationally, the vertical diet exploded. And so I recruited, uh, Damon McCune, who's a registered dietitian PhD. And we went through it uh, with a fine tooth comb and he did an extraordinary amount of work behind the scenes. Uh, to make sure that, that we had all of the science and, you know, and fine-tuned our message. Uh, he's been very helpful. He's helped us create an app that we're now rolling out, a tracking app to help people uh, basically track all of these things, their sleep, their hydration, their nutrition, uh, the daily checklist of things that helps them with their compliance. And then uh, I partnered with uh, a PhD, a biological sciences PhD, uh, Derek Molesworth, at, uh, and we started the uh, vertical diet meal prep company, which has been extraordinarily successful. We make low FODMAP foods. We cook most of our food with bone broth. Um, we, uh, we have a very low cost per calorie and uh, we've, we've been very successful with that as well. So uh, I have had to get some help, but other than that, it's my wife and my niece, which helped me get the <laughs> Zoom on this morning, which shows you how un incapable I am with technology. Uh, I don't even think they had computers. They certainly didn't have the internet when I was in college. So I'm learning as I go, but uh, that's our that's our home-based crew is, uh, and they're very very helpful figuring everything out and uh, formatted and created the the actual ebook for me. Uh, I'm I just write things down on a piece of paper. I'm still old-fashioned <laughs> that way, and that's cool. And they uh, they convert that into some sort of user-friendly, uh, you know, viewable format on the computer, and that's my team. And and you know, long-term, uh, I'm not sure you know, who I'll need to continue to, to uh, get this message out there. But now the goal is to create kind of an army of frontline trainers. I think they're the most critical component uh, of this problem we have with recidivism. People can lose weight pretty easily, but, you know, 90 plus percent of them gain it back. And I think that, that um, we don't have enough people on the front lines to help them uh, uh, for a number of reasons, because it's difficult to make a living as a personal trainer. And so uh, I've had the opportunity to see some very successful gyms in my time traveling around the country. And uh, I partnered with a, a gentleman who has a very successful gym, Matt Whittemer out of Beats Personal Training in um, Cincinnati, uh, has uh, you know, a dozen very successful trainers that work for him that um, many of them make over six figures a year. And they've had clients for five years, 10 years, 15 years. They're making a living helping other people achieve their goals and it's sustainable. Uh, and so we're putting together a, a book now and offering people the opportunity to come visit that facility and uh, shadow those trainers and see exactly what they do, how they charge, the, uh, you know, how they train uh, multiple clients at one time and still give them all the benefit. Uh, and it's, it's pretty simple, uh, but it, it's very effective. And so my goal now is to create this army. And fortunately, just by chance, I bumped into uh, some folks that, uh, that uh, run the FitOps Foundation, which Matt Hesse from Performix started a few years ago to help military veterans 
get retrained as personal trainers and use, their, use those skills to help others lose weight and help, help them create careers for themselves uh, since they've been back from uh, you know, overseas, from deployment overseas. And I think that, that that's the most important thing we can do. We, we see from now on the uh, heels of this COVID pandemic that uh, the vast majority of people who are suffering the most uh, are those with metabolic disease, some sort of obesity and you know, some comorbidities such as uh, high blood pressure and insulin resistance. And we have you know, a significant amount of those people who have too high of a BMI and, and uh, blood sugar problems that need help. I think everybody's a client. We've got some, I think over 30% uh, are, are in a critical condition, obese with, with multiple yeah. comorbidities and up to 70% have a high BMI and, and elevated yeah. blood sugars. So you got to look at that as there's probably 250 million people out there who need a personal trainer. And it's a shame that trainers are unable to make a living at this business. Uh, I, I think because they're doing it wrong, one, yeah. uh, they're trying to train one person at a time and that, that can't be sustainable. The, the client can't afford it and they can't make a living off of it. And uh, so we, we teach them to train multiple people. Um, they also, I think, need to set up some recurring monthly billing to give people a package of 12 sessions for $300 on a recurring, recurring training uh, to make yourself available and they can come in you know, whenever they want. The, um, the scheduling is a difficult hurdle. The getting paid each month is, is a great way to lose customers. Uh, so we've tried to, uh, I'm hitting on some of the big rocks now, we've tried to, yeah. uh, with this program, intervene and somehow educate these, these guys because we need more trainers and we need trainers to be able to make a career. You can't help anybody else if, if you, you can't uh, sustain a, you know, a living off of it. Any business uh, that has some altru altruistic motives still has to, uh, you know, first and foremost, any business to be a business has to be profitable. Yeah. And these trainers need to be able to support a family and, and have a career and raise kids and put their kids through college uh, and, and justifiably so because they're helping people do something that's uh, extremely important. And we're seeing that uh, so uh, clearly now with what's going on with this pandemic. Where, where you started to where you are now in your journey for exercise and nutrition and sleep. And I mean, there are so many different pieces to this puzzle and there are only so many things that one person can do. No. So it's like, can what do, are you selling? you're absolutely right. They are facilitators. They're, they're helping people change their lives. It's critically important. You hit on something really important there and something that I've, I've been struggling with is that, not everybody has 35 years and a, you know, a history in academics to, to put together you know, a program and they might feel somehow unqualified. But the PhDs in exercise science and the registered dietitians are not the best trainers. The medical professionals, the doctors are not the best trainers. Matter of fact, this has been studied extensively and those people get the worst outcomes. It's why it's so important to me that these frontline people that actually touch the customer have the resources that they need. And that's part of what I'm trying to do and, and, and this whole trip is about and my work with the FitOps is about is giving them the tools necessary. You can just give a diet, you know, give our program, which is written by a registered dietitian to your client and they can see, oh, I need to sleep this many hours. I need, and here's some good sleep hygiene methods to help me do that. I need 
this hydration. I need these foods if I want to get adequate micronutrients. If my digestion is poor, here's how I, I uh, do my calories using this BMI calculator. Here's what my macros should probably look like. Oh, here's a sample diet plan. Here's a grocery shopping list. Here's, you know, the, so I wanted to give them resources, so kind of a turnkey thing so that anybody could walk in and say, okay, here's the vertical diet. I need you to do all these things uh, and come see me at uh, two o'clock tomorrow to exercise and come see me consistently, you know, two, three, four days a week for the rest of your life because that's what, that's what exercise is about. This isn't something that you do. As you said, it's, there's no finish line here. Yeah. This is, people should be exercising. Even my wife uh, goes to a personal trainer uh, off and on. Somebody she's been using for nearly three years. You go there for a little while and, and you, you, know, you work real hard and you get a little weight loss and then maybe you break off and do your own thing for a little bit. Maybe you fall off a little bit mm -hmm. and you need to call them back and get back on track. And uh, you know, they're there to help you. And, and generally, I find that the best trainers have clients for many, many years, which is what was so, uh, I think, interesting about Matt Whitmer at Beach Training is that he has a board on the wall with a long list of people who have been with him for five years, 10 years, 15 years. And, and he, you know, puts those names up there and he prides himself on how long his trainers and his clients have been with him. Uh, he doesn't do quick fixes. He doesn't even work with athletes very much, to be honest with you anymore. And he was a, he was a, a strength and conditioning coach for the Browns. Mm -hmm. He got away from athletes. Uh, I, I often joke that, you know, we, we wear it as a, a badge of honor when we train a great athlete. And I've certainly trained many. And I'm, I'm more than happy to, to, you know, put my picture up next to him. But the fact of the matter is, is those are the people that are easiest to train. They're the hardest yep. working, the most disciplined. They're probably already extremely successful. And you do two or three little things to, tw to tweak so they feel better. Uh, but the fact is, the hardest people to train are the ones that you have to keep motivated and the ones that, that need you, you know, two or three or four days a week. The ones that text you or call you and, and you know, they're having a bad day or they're, uh, binging, they just binged on something and you need to rescue them from, uh, you know, binging on more, what tomorrow might, might, uh, might happen tomorrow and make them feel okay about it. And it's a psychology experience. And my degree in, at the University of Oregon was psychology uh, before I entered the exercise science uh, department. And I actually wanted to become an MSW and do counseling for drug addiction and alcoholism because I grew up, uh, my mother had suffered from that all her life, actually still to this day. And I went into my counselor and said, hey, I want to get an MSW, Master's of Social Work. I want to help people with drug addictions and alcoholism. And she says, have you ever been an alcoholic? And I'm like, <laughs> no. Ever had a drug addiction? No. She says, well, what do you like to do? You might want to pick a career and do something that you're good at. You know, that, that, uh, and so at the time, I had you know, really enjoyed bodybuilding. And I had taken a lot of you know, lifting courses and, and this, the like at the school. So I dove into exercise science and became a soccer coach and ultimately a trainer for the rest of my life uh, with some sidetracks in business just to support myself. But uh, that, that was kind of the, the history of the thing. And now I'm doing what I'm good at, what I'm experienced at, helping people who need what I've accomplished and lived through so I can share with them my experiences. And, uh, but a lot of it is based in, you know, I said in my obesity rant that um, it's about changing behavior. A lot of it's based in psychologically and emotion and, uh, and, and motivation and all of those things. So. No, I, I think, uh, I can, I can speak for Keith a little bit on this one. We appreciate the fact that you put all this stuff out. Um, cause it is a, it is a great help to a lot of people. Um, you're right. I think that more frontline individuals that 
have more touch points do need to understand some of this stuff a little bit more because they're going to have the greatest impact. And, you know, like you said, the athletes are easy, you know, um, everybody wants to work with them Why? because of all the things you just mentioned, they're easy to work with. They're dedicated. You basically, you know, run through that wall. They'll run right through it. You know, it's, it's the people that are, that really need your help. that are the ones that you really have to hold their hand every step of the way. And, you know, like, that's something that, you know, if you really want to change uh, people's lives, those are the people that are really going to have their lives changed by the message that you're presenting, you know, with consistent exercise, all the things that are going to lead to them being healthy long-term. And again, you know, you can beat, it's a dead horse, you can beat it to death, but you know, there is no end point. You know, you want to be healthy, you want to be strong the rest of your life. Like you yeah. got to work at it, unfortunately. I got to share another truth about the athletes because a lot of people in exercise science school or nutrition school, they want to get out and they want to work at a D1 college or they want to help athletes, um, which is great. But I'll, my buddy Matt at Beats Training has a whole host of D1 uh, uh, collegiate trainers who quit because they were making 30 or 40K a year at best. <laughs> Sorry, I lost you there briefly at a call. Okay. They quit and now they work for him and make two or three times as much training you know normal folks but here's the dirty secret with athletes most of them don't pay you right and because there's a line of people who will work with them for free mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's probably not a good business model and they're rarely around for any extended period of time you know right i've worked with hofthor for nearly four years that's a pretty rare relationship uh oftentimes you get an athlete for a few months at best and they're on to the next thing they've Generally speaking, they're like I did. I worked with a lot of great coaches, many of them, just about every guru in the business from uh, Flex Wheeler to Eddie Cohn to Charles Glass to Dave Palumbo, um, you know, Chris Aceto, uh, Hani, uh, Oscar, you guys name it. I, I've worked with a lot of them and I was harvesting as much information as I could possibly get. And I worked with them very committed for months at a time. And, uh, you know, I, I got all the benefit I could get out of that. And uh, you know, I, I, I kept trying to get more information. I, last year, I went to Barbell Medicine Seminar. I went to Mark Ripito's seminar. Uh, both of those are like 20 hours of learning, and they're, they're extraordinary. Um, I went to Mikhail Kolkulayev's seminar. Um, I, uh, I read the NSCA book and got my CSCS last year to try and make sure I was staying current on all the information. I owe it to, to my clients, and I owe it to myself, I think, to, to stay Uh, abreast on all this information so I can give good information. But, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, the athletes are are just constantly learning and they will use many resources. I'm not territorial about an athlete. I work with Lane Johnson through his trainer, Gabe, uh, and I just contribute kind of a collaboration. Mm -hmm. And when somebody asks me for help, I'm quick to reach out to experts in the industry. My book's full of it, you know, from... uh, Dr. Stasha Gominak for sleep. You know, she's a 30-year MD and, and neurologist who, who's a sleep specialist uh, who I've worked with for a number of years now. Um, Dr. Sandra Godick from the Heat Institute uh, is a PhD in thermoregulation and hydration. I've recruited her to help with the hydration protocols for the CrossFit athletes, uh, Camille and Becca and, and Ben Smith to help do uh, salt test to see what their sweat rate was and uh, same with lane johnson same with brian shaw we did sweat rates on all of them to find out how much uh, they were sweating out in salt so we could create a hydration protocol that was beneficial for them particularly in hot climates and the like so 
I'm quick to reach out and give credit. Uh, Eddie Cohn, you know, helps me with deadlift protocols for some of my uh, big strongman athletes and has been very helpful. Uh, and I, I have no problem, you know, asking as many, you know, friends and experts in the industry as I can to glean as much information as I can to benefit my client. And I don't need to, to take credit for any of that. It's of no importance to me. Their success is, is really what the focus is. It's not about me. Yeah. I mean, when, when everybody wins, it's, I mean, if, it's, it's a, it's a huge benefit. It's just like when we, uh, what you talked about before as the sweet spot for what's going to help Americans in general is um, frontline people that are willing to collaborate, better information across the board, um, diet, um, nutrition information um, that, that is sustainable across the board, recovery information that's sustainable, and then professionals that are able to look at their own biases to be able to collaborate even better because it's just like, oh, well, you know, if, if I'm triggered to want to share or collaborate in a certain way, like why am I even triggered? So that that's probably a place where, where I know I need to grow, you know, it's cause it's like, well, if I'm, if I'm trying to hold on to something, why is that, you know? And, and I think within now during this pandemic more than ever, it's like the people that, the people that reach out, the people that are sharing, the people that are communicating even more, you, you know, their intention, you know, exactly what they're bringing to the table and how they want to how they want to shift and how they want to change. And, and everyone's got to live. Everyone's got to eat. Everyone's got to, you know, be sustained at, at a rudimentary Maslowian level. But at the same time, it's like, you know what, you know, if, if we're, if we're actually pushing this thing forward towards keeping people more resilient, helping their immune system, making sure that it's not just the, the, how long somebody lives, but the quality of life while they're on this planet, it's like, there, there's, there's so much that can happen now on the front lines to facilitate it. And that's why I think like what you're pumping out there is getting people and moving that and budging that needle piece by piece, connection by connection. So with that being said, like what, what do you feel like right now is your biggest focus during like coming out of this or during this pandemic for the future, like tying a bow on it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I want to do everything I can to recruit as many people as I can to help as many clients as they can. So I'm focused on the coaches right now. I want to give coaches the tools so they can be successful with their clients. Uh, one is to use the Vertical Diet eBook as, uh, as, a, as a tool to help their clients. And then the Vertical Tracker uh, so they can, my tracker is set up so that you can download it and set yourself up as a coach. And then your client can download it and set themselves up as a client and select you as their coach. Hmm. Now you can see pictures of every meal they eat, their daily weigh-ins, their hour of sleep, their waist measurements, you know, everything that you want them to do goes onto their daily checklist and you can monitor their compliance with that. That's cool. And so that's really what it is. It's, it's a, called my vertical tracker. And it's just intended to be a way to help your clients comply and for you to be able to manage more clients uh, with, you know, more successfully and be able to, to, at a glance, you know, if a client reaches out to me and says, Oh, I've got stomach problems. I need to see everything you're putting in your mouth. That's not attached to your husband. <laughs> and <laughs> so 
I need pictures of, of meals and, or, you know, I can't even tell entirely from just a, uh, you know, a, um, a food, sorry, calls keep coming in. I lose your picture there. I got you back. I can't even tell entirely from, you know, a macro or calorie tracking thing. Um, I, I need to see sometimes somebody will tell me that like just the other day, somebody showed me a, uh, a meal and there was like this bratwurst on top of it. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> and they're like, well, that's my protein. That's my meat source. And I'm like, that's like 97% fat. That, how is that a lean, you know, like top sirloin steak? Yeah. And then someone else was showing me a picture of their, uh, their cranberry juice. You know, I recommend it for iodine just to get mm -hmm. two or three ounces in a day for iodine intake. Uh, this it's rich in iodine but it looked a little light to me. And I said, take a picture of the bottle. I want to see the label on that cran. And of course it's a cranberry juice cocktail. Oh yeah. 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 That's tough. Yeah, yeah. Cause real there's no iodine in that. It's loaded sugar. sugar. Cause real, real, real cranberry juice for, you know, people that maybe never tasted like, real cranberry wow. juice. Yeah. You don't want to drink more than two to four ounces of that stuff. Cause no. it's like, it, it gets you. You're like, you know, it's an acquired just, taste. Oh, yes. And, and people are funny because they think I'm married to that. Like, look, I'm chasing iodine. It's a yeah. great source of iodine. And it might also have some uh, some benefits for your urinary tract. But in the absence of that, you could use iodized salt or you could use sea kelp. So I, I think people think I'm, I'm uh, I don't know, a zealot about the vertical diet. But it's really just about applying the foods to the micros and macros that, that provide you the greatest benefit. And then I filter it through that, obviously that digestion portal, the, the FODMAPs. And then for satiety, I, I filter it through a satiety index to show that things like potatoes and oranges are the highest on the satiety index. So you're not as hungry. And for just the opposite, if somebody's trying to eat a lot of calories, then I do just the opposite. I, I find foods that are that are easier to consume a lot of them more often. And I use strategies to increase people's appetite. So it's really kind of a, a general philosophy. And then I just attach the foods to whatever I think uh, fulfill those needs best. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I can say you know, we definitely uh, appreciate you taking your time today to, to be on the podcast with us. The last thing I got to ask, because, yeah. you know, you're going on this 60, 60 day, 60 city trip. How big is the refrigerated trailer full of monster mash? You know, that's gonna hilarious. Be what, what, when you, when you take off, you think just like I do, you know, a lot of what I do for my clients is I manage the logistics. I try and make sure they have what they need when they need it and that, that they can comply by being organized. Hence the monster mash or the, um, you know, just meal prep in general. Uh, the thermos, which I don't make any money on, but I'm just a huge fan of carrying around a thermos with your meals in it. So when you're it's, flying, it's, it's huge. It's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. It's life changing. I used to carry around those little plastic Tupperwares and running around looking for microwaves with my cold, old food. And now I can you know, sit on a plane for 10 hours and I'll have three hot monster mashes during that time. Well, well he'll tell you, I don't eat anything cold. So no, nothing. Cold. The, nothing. No. So it's disgusting. It's not sustainable. You don't enjoy it. So I, I'm, I'm kind of big on, and you know, getting foods that you enjoy so you can, it's part of a, a, an enjoyable lifestyle. Uh, anyhow, back to the question, you think just like <laughs> I do. Uh, so if I'm on the road, I actually shopped for the RV with the biggest refrigerator and freezer. And that's why I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it had a, a lithium ion battery system that'll keep the refrigerator going 
for like days and it recharges in an hour and a half every time I drive. Oh, so that's awesome. I would focus mostly, even though I'll probably be staying at, at like extended stays are like $50 a night right now because of the, of, the, of the whole shutdown. So I'll probably be staying a lot of nights at hotels along the way, but I'll be toting a lot of my food with me and I'll be stopping at Costco and uh, I'm going to take a little, uh, this auto wild grill, which is just amazing uh, to cook up my steaks along the way. I've, I've, I've already planned the whole thing out, <laughs> focused on sleep and food first and then the seminars happen later. <laughs> right. That's a great idea. That, that's awesome. That's, that's a great idea. Well, yeah. Um, where, where can people go um, to check all this stuff out, what you have going on? Everything's at Stan Efforting. My Instagram is at Stan Efforting. My YouTube is Stan Efforting. My website is StanEfforting.com. And that's where I have the uh, seminars, uh, how to register for my free seminars uh, all throughout the country in 60 cities, one in every state at least. And uh, uh, it's all understand efforting. So just uh, jump in there and you can always reach out to me from there. Awesome. We really, we really appreciate it. And we'll definitely be checking you out when you come up here to Milwaukee. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe grab a meal together. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We'll have monster mash in my, in my camper. That'd be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Dan. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. For more, head over to bizbody.net. Make sure that you give us a review on your favorite podcast platform. It helps other people find the podcast and get help. Next week is Kika Mela, massage therapist and inventor of the Kiro Core. Until then, 